Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Oh, it feels good to get to Friday. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Of course, a lot to get to today. Going to have some fun. Okay, you want to just get this out of the way now, I take it, David? Well, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he's getting back out there after being sidelined on the national scene for a little while. But he, he showed back up on CNN, and he said, you know, COVID isn't over. And you know what might be on the table again? Well, a range even, uh, of of lockdown, no, whatever, no, no, bag, no, 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 you know, nope. we nope. have to keep an open mind, says Dr. Fauci. We need to be flexible. And if, in fact, no. we do see a turnaround and a resurgence, we have to be able to pivot nope. and go back to any degree of mitigation. Any degree. No. There are too many people in this world that just won't say no to people. We all just got to say no, not doing it. That is commensurate with what the situation is. So we can't just say we're done. Yes, now we we're going to move on. We've got to be able to be flexible because we're dealing no. with a dynamic situation. Hopefully, the cases will continue to come down as the weather gets warmer. Uh huh. I don't remember asking you a damn thing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Speaking for Americans, we're not going to do it. No, but every- we're not going to do it. And I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. We're, I'm done with you, Fauci. His done. whole verbiage. Done, done, done. We need to. I hate that. I do, too. Who elected you? We don't need to do anything. No, you can advise. You're lucky to have a job. You should have been out of a job a long time ago. You can talk all day. You can say whatever you want to say. You lying sack. Yeah, nobody's listening. Golly. Okay, did you do this on purpose, David, just to get everybody fired up at the beginning of the show? Yeah, since the energy was waning a little bit. So, you know, you got to come out of the gate strong, all right? And I was hoping this guy had been relegated to, like, local TV stations. Now he's popped out of the wormhole again. And he's making, He was on all the morning shows today, too, saying the same thing. You know, for someone that wants to bring the country together, as Biden always says, all you have to do is look at the polling on Fauci to know you got to get that guy out of there. We've said this for a long time. There are people that can't stand him. They don't listen to him because he lied to him. All right, enough of that. Let's get to another big story out there. Man, what a courageous performance last night, David. <laughs> courageous. That's one way of looking at it. That's what uh, some people are saying. Leah Thomas, that's the dude who's competing against women in NCAA swimming, has won the national title for the 500 freestyle. Uh, and he was interviewed after the race. Mm-hmm. You've undoubtedly been under the spotlight over the past few months. How have you been dealing with that and reasoning with everything? I try to ignore it as much as I can. I try to focus on my swimming, uh, what I need to do to get ready for my races, and just try to block out everything else. What did that race mean to you? It's, it means the world to, to be here, be with two of my best friends and teammates, and be able to compete. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much. That's a dude. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, you heard the arguments, right? I mean, you heard the he was the way Leah was introduced. 
you know, the first openly transgender athlete to win a national title or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Were there dudes that we didn't know about that were swimming as women before? No. <laughs> of course it's the first openly what? <laughs> yeah, the first known trans athlete. Right, exactly. First known, like, yeah, like there's been a big secret. Like, like guys have been, I don't know. Taping it? I don't know. Well, we did the story yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it's the hospital in Portland that's teaching young kids how yeah, to tuck. Well, may- that's why they call it. Leave the tucking to diving. <laughs> I agree. Gosh dang it. I mean, it was like this big deal. Like some glass ceiling had just been broken. Except well, it's not, man. People no, are hedging, it hedging. But they're hedging a little bit because national media outlets, remember, they were all over it when the... Uh, when the trans woman was beating female records on Jeopardy. Yep. They were all over that. I was surprised, actually, how quiet it was on the morning shows uh, after what happened last night at Georgia Tech. I think you nailed it uh, weeks ago, David, when you said it's different when you see the video. It's totally different. And this was a closer race, but still. When you see the video and you actually see the images, like on the podium (laughs) with, you know, the artist formerly known as Will Thomas, now Leah, with the second and third place finisher, the size difference. I mean, oh, gosh, yeah. When people see that, they have a reaction. It's like reality kicks in. All the talking points from the left be damned. It's like, that's not right. That's not fair. That's a guy. And again, I suppose you have to say this every time. It's not that you feel hate in your heart for Thomas. To me, it's the people that have allowed this to happen. And where does it end? Because so many people thought we would never get to this point where you would allow a biological male to compete against girls in an NCAA sport. And now we're there. So where does it end? Well, I mean, I've been saying this forever. I mean, what if you're a guy and you're... Not quite your D1 basketball player. You're not quite good enough to play in the NBA. But you want the paycheck. you got to believe it's coming. So you just tell them who, that's what you are, and you go and, and earn a paycheck dominating the WNBA. Yeah. Yeah, and you just live the charade as long as you want until you got all the money you'll ever need, and then you can move on. Here's the other thing, and you knew this was coming too, and it was certainly evident on MSNBC yesterday, and this was before, uh, before the final race because everybody knew. Thomas was going to win. Hallie Jackson, MSNBC, with activist Chris Mosier, talking about how Thomas should be celebrated. Because this was a courageous performance, you know. Competition part, right? There's so much out of the pool that Leah Thomas is having to manage to. Too much out of the pool. Yeah, and let's just take a moment, and I would love to do it here on this show, because it hasn't been done in the media very much to celebrate Leah Thomas, to celebrate all of the athletes who have made it to the championship. But Leah has done so... Being put in the center of, as you said, controversy around the globe with people who have opinions, whether they're involved in sport or not. So the way that this young woman has handled the, the criticism, the media Dude. attention while trying to graduate school, while trying to succeed in her sport has been incredible. And she deserves to be celebrated for that. Uh, what about the other women? They're trying to do the same thing, finish school. And... They're also trying to navigate what they're looking at at a chance at an NCAA championship. 
but knowing what's standing in their way that's completely unfair by every measure. And yet, in some cases, told you can't talk about that. And there's a fear that you can't talk about that. You don't want to recognize those people for what they've gone through and their families that have been told to be silenced. It's absolutely ridiculous. And some people were bringing it up. And, David, of the three of us, you've always watched South Park. Yeah. And I kept seeing it out there. Man, this is a <laughs> South Park episode. No, literally, yeah. Three years ago, they did it. Uh, it was uh, the Strong Woman competition. And so you've got a character on the show. Vice, It was the vice principal at the elementary school. Vice principal, Strong Woman. And she's like this. She's... She's involved with the PC principal, and so she's very liberal, woke, you know, it's, it's, it's all of that. And she's, you know, taking uh, part in this big competition that involves weightlifting, track and field, all that kind of stuff. Um, and at first, she's very honored to know that she will be competing against the first ever trans woman in this field. She's like, this is amazing. I'm glad to be part of history. Well, then mm-hmm. they bring out the trans woman on the show, and it's this big, bulky dude who's got, like, a beard. And the only thing different is that he's wearing a training bra. This <laughs> <laughs> big, muscle-bound dude who comes out for the interview. And, yeah, this is, this is it. Oh, here's a clip. Heather Swanson is actually joining us now. Miss Swanson, how does it feel to be competing today? I can't tell you how free I feel now that I've started identifying as a woman. Now that I can compete as female, I'm ready to smash the other girls. And is it correct you just started identifying as female two weeks ago? I'm not here to talk about my transition. I'm here to kick some ass. Let me tell you something, Dingleberry. David Perry. I'm going to roll up the other women here, and I'm going to smoke them. I am the strongest woman this state has ever seen. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then people are also referencing a movie that I had not seen, but you had, David. Yeah, it came out 20 years ago called Joanna Man. I, I've referenced it on this show before. There, yes. It, it's an NBA player. I think it's like the UBA or something. But anyway, it's supposed to be an NBA player who whose antics get him kicked off the team. He loses everything. Uh, and he winds up playing for the WNBA and, and becoming. It was a comedy because 20 <laughs> years ago, nobody thought that this would actually be reality. Yes. My gosh. Okay. More on that a little bit later because there's a lot of reaction. Um, Stacey Abrams is in the news, Dave. For what? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, election conspiracy theorist Stacey Abrams had a guest spot on Star Trek Discovery. Where she really? plays, yeah, she is the planet or the president of Unified Earth. Oh my goodness, Madam President, Madam President, welcome. I am so pleased that you've come. We are eager to begin diplomatic discussions. Nothing to discuss. United Earth is ready right now to rejoin the Federation, and nothing could make me happier than to say those words. Thank you, thank you all. What you have accomplished here. We were lucky to have each other, ma'am. It, it's it's just indulging in fantasies all around the world, isn't it? Well, after what happened last night, here's my fear. 20 years, that's reality. Right. <laughs> because it's her truth. I am not only the governor of Georgia, I am the president of Earth. They did a recount. She won. 
Of course. <laughs> okay. What happened to kids during the pandemic? Some people are saying liberals need to be held accountable for what they did. That and much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, this is a piece about liberals being held accountable for what they did to kids during the pandemic. Oh, I think they should be. Yeah. So I uh, got some new data out of Washington, D.C. Uh, about kids there and literacy rates and what has happened 2019 versus 2021. And especially looking at the demographics, uh, black and Latinos, literacy, proficiency, benchmarks. In 2019, it was 44% for black students. That's already disturbingly low. Absolutely. It's now at 28%. Gosh, damn. Latinos, it went from 42% down to 30%. So yet again, I'm saying every single person who championed school closures and said we need to because it's just not quite safe. Right. You never get to talk about social justice or inequality ever again. You're out of this conversation forever. You know, the other thing. All right, I'll set this up this way. Um, you know how at different times we've talked about what liberals have done to different people, right? I'll just say it this way. How legacy media, when it was first said, enemy of the people, when Trump first said that, we're like, wow, man, that's bold. And over time, you understood that's absolutely correct because they lie to people. And a friend would not lie to you. Only an enemy would continually lie to you and try to make you believe something that wasn't true. Get what I'm saying? Liberals are enemies of children. You think about it. What happened in the pandemic? You think about schools right now, critical race theory. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or Hispanic. They want you to believe something about yourself that is harmful. The entire trans and LGBTQ platform that they want to put into all these schools, is that really for the betterment of kids? That's brainwashing. It's indoctrination. You think about that. It may sound like, well, that's that's a bit much that, to say that liberals don't really have kids' best interest at heart. Now, ask yourself the question, honestly, do they? Think about what's best for kids, and we know this, not from gut feeling. You know it from research. They don't want that for the kids. They want to control the kids, and they want to control their thoughts. Well, it, the, the whole basis for far-left progressivism is victimhood. Yes. They create a entire society of victims. Yeah. Nothing is your fault. It's somebody else's fault. And we're going to get the bad guys. That's certainly part of it. I mean, you know, it's just it's the doctrination of it all. It's Think about that story you had last week, David, about that poor girl that was confused about her gender. She ended up committing suicide. Yeah. And basically the state <clears throat> had taken that child away from her mom. Not basically. They literally did. They did. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Did they have her best interest no. at heart? No, they didn't. Absolutely not. No. Progressive leadership 
is absolutely a threat to children. And look at the stats, the murder rates. It's a threat to people yeah. who live in areas where they have power. Yes. Oh, you're not even, we didn't even scratch the surface of crime in big cities. Yeah. And Leah Thomas is a victim. Colin Kaepernick's a victim. <laughs> My gosh. They're all victims. Switching gears to Russia, Ukraine. Um, well, it's something that most of us can find middle ground on and agree that we shouldn't have a no-fly zone in Ukraine because most Americans don't want to risk war with Russia to help out Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinne- Quinnipiac poll, 2,000 adults um, said, you know, uh, supplying aid to Ukraine, cool, but not putting us at risk as far as war with Russia. So 54% of everybody agreed with NATO saying, no, we're not going to enforce a no-fly zone. 32% disagreed, 15% no opinion. The majority of Democrats independents, that was 58 to 30% and 57 to 30%. And with Republicans, it was 47 to 38%. So there's some common ground. Yeah. Yeah, most people don't want World War III. No. That's good. You know, and I'm glad to see that. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be helping Ukraine as much as possible. Yes. But did you think for a little while with all of the images that we're seeing, it's hard not to let emotion take over? Oh, yeah. And say, okay, we got to do something to stop that. But you understand why we're not. I don't know, man. It does seem like Ukraine is really putting up a fight and is not planning on giving up anytime soon. You hear other takes that are saying Ukraine's done. They've been smashed to bits. They're just not going to be able to rebuild this thing. You really don't know what's true in that. You don't know what to believe when it comes to any of that stuff. But, you know, as far as what Bono was trying to make Zelensky out to be yesterday, let's not get too crazy, but it's been admirable the way he has led his people. He's done a great job of being a spokesperson for his country on the world stage. He He has done a very good job at that. Some, oh, yeah. Okay, we don't have time for this right now. We'll get to it. Um, Jen Psaki talking about Hunter Biden. <laughs> you know, you know. finally the failing New York Times like, oh, yeah, that laptop is real. So Psaki gets asked about that. And why are so few Americans willing to defend their own country? Yeah. Look at that coming up. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, Jen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. Okay. So Hunter Biden, he had a laptop. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff on that laptop. Yes, Certainly not there family was. friendly. Whew. You know, if he wasn't high, there's no way that thing would have left his sight. Probably. If I had that kind of stuff on a laptop, I would have a chain to me. It would never go anywhere that I wasn't. <laughs> never. Well, part of it was, you know, if something was wrong with it, he dropped it off to have it fixed. And, and then, then he forgot, forgot he did. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. 
Well, but in the fall of 2020, we were all told this is Russian disinformation, this laptop. Yeah, a year and a half after the fact, the New York Times is now reporting that the Hunter Biden laptop is, in fact, authentic and not Russian disinformation. And in fact, the Justice Department seems to be very interested in some of the contents, namely uh, what the president's son was doing in terms of business overseas. Yes. You also wonder what involvement Joe Biden had in this. Now, Wolinsky, remember that? Oh, yeah. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki is one of the many people who called it Russian disinformation when the New York Post initially broke the story in October of 2020 and was asked about that yesterday. Yes. You asked about Hunter Biden's laptop. You also, in October 2020, dismissed it as Russian disinformation. Do you stand by that assessment? Again, uh, I pointed to the Department of Justice and Hunter Biden's representatives. Um, I'm a spokesperson for the United States. He doesn't work for the United States. Wasn't asking a question <laughs> oh, about yes. you and your capacity <laughs> right. as the White House press secretary. He was asking you personally, Jen. Yes. I guess if you were to score that dodge... Uh, you'd give it a high mark, as she certainly did. But we all remember what she said. It was telegraph dodge, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so if that's all true, then why did you say it was Russian disinformation back then? Oh, because there was an election to win. Of course. You know, Richard Grinnell, the actual first openly gay cabinet member in U.S. history, yes. it's not Pete Buttigieg. A lot of people think it is. But, no, it was Richard Grinnell who worked for Donald Trump. But Trump hates gays, remember? That's what... Yeah. Okay. Uh, now he made this point on the Russian disinformation thing this morning, because what Jen Psaki had done in October was share this news article that said, "Oh, fifty intelligence community members are saying this is classic Rus- Russian disinformation." The story about That's... Hunter Biden's laptop, mm-hmm. and he says a Republican Senate must hold hearings with all fifty of the people who signed that letter three weeks before the 2020 campaign. They all said Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, and they didn't have a single piece of intel to suggest it. Hold people accountable for manipulating intelligence for political gain. He's right. He is right. We had that clip yesterday. Glenn Greenwald said there was no evidence for it to say that it was Russian disinformation. That was just the talking points that came from our own intelligence agencies. Mm -hmm. It's corrupt. There's no doubt about that. That's interesting. And Grinnell, by the way, side note, anytime that guy's doing an interview somewhere, I'm always interested to listen because it seems like I learned something. The last one that I heard him do, he was talking about what Angela Merkel did to Germany and how bad she set that country up with a lot of woke stuff, basically. Yeah. But it, anyway, fascinating. Where's Bob Alinsky? Let's rebook him. Tucker had him on. Don't hear much about no, you that don't whole at all. angle. No. But with Bobolinsky, he was business partner with Hunter. Mm-hmm. And the big guy was known as Joe Biden. Yes. Or he was known as the big guy. And a, the big guy was getting a cut of the money. And part of that was Ukraine and part of that was China with the overseas business dealings. And it was crazy at the time because it was right before the election and legacy media like no, no interest at all. Like it was all made up. Yeah. But they had the checks and balances on it. Well, they, well, I mean, and and Bob Alinsky in particular was a guy who was a primary source going on the record, yeah, speaking mm-hmm. about it. And in terms of 
his knowledge or his experience or his credibility. You even had a Democrat, Ro Khanna, vouching for his credibility at the time. Not weighing in in particular on this story, but in general saying, yeah, I've known him to be a pretty upfront and credible guy. It didn't matter. And they ignored it. Because the Democratic Party, big tech, and legacy media were all in concert together. They got their talking points, Russian disinformation, screwed the American people. We won't tell them the truth. We're just trying to get Biden elected. They tried to say the big guy was not code for Joe Biden. Code was confused guy. So they didn't use it very often. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, David, you saw ESPN called Leah Thomas the first known trans champion. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. This is the one that's going to send Robbins over Uh, the edge. Yeah. Well, Leah Thomas, that's the dude who's competing against women in NCAA swimming uh, and has won the NCAA Women's Swimming and Diving Championship for the 500-yard freestyle. The 200 yards today. Yeah. Uh, and SportsCenter's tweet talking about it was Penn's Leah Thomas becomes the first known transgender athlete to win an NCAA Division One championship in any sport. Have there been unknown dudes right. masquerading as women in women's sports all these years and we just didn't know it because they were afraid to come out? Wouldn't that be obvious? <laughs> I mean, they got teammates. First known. Known, right. Like, there's been all these unknowns hiding. Yeah. That have, you know. Well, well and this is the, What a dumb thing to say. Well, what they're trying to do is apply the language of gay and lesbian to transgenderism. Yes. And there is yes. actually a, a wide difference between those two. Yeah, there's a huge difference. Like, Well, and it used to be, and I mean, can't speak as an expert, but from what I understand, there is still quite a fight within the LGBTQ community, especially between people that have been in the club for, say, quite a while, and then the trans community. Uh, There is a lot of animosity because there are people, Dave Rubin was talking about this last week, who, of course, is openly gay, he's conservative, and said, yeah, there's a huge feeling. A lot of people, and a lot of people he knows, feels like with the whole trans thing, in his words, it makes us all seem like kooks. They don't like that. So it'll be interesting where this goes. But you never hear that because legacy media is not going to tell you that, that there's infighting, because that's part of the whole strategy is to have people in one club. You don't identify as an individual. You identify as, you know, a group that's a victim. David's right. I mean, it leads you to believe that these people have been competing for decades and just haven't been able to say, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Yes. So this story, this is troubling. Um, And maybe you saw the percentages of this Quinnipiac poll that was done asking Americans, uh, hey, if we were invaded, would you be willing to stay and defend the country, fight? And I don't know. You hadn't really seen much of this, Scott. No. What would you guess? Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, beta males lead the league right now. <laughs> they do. You mean in position Everywhere, power? yeah. Well, seeing what's happening in Ukraine, and a lot of people admire the, the Ukrainian people so much for staying and fighting, right? So that's one of the reasons the question was asked. But an astonishing 52% of Democrats said, nah, I'd probably skedaddle. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> really? 
Republicans, 25% said, yep, gone. Probably be gone. Overall, it's 55% would stay and fight, 38% would flee. Hmm. So are you surprised by it or troubled by it? I'm not really surprised by it. No. So then the next question is this. Just first take that comes to mind. Why do you think that is? Why are so many people in America unwilling to stay and fight if we were invaded? Well, well, I think pride in country has been thrown out the window in a lot of areas. David? Oh, it, it's not just pride in country. I mean, you have a whole lot of people, especially in my generation and younger, who have spent their entire lives being told that America is evil. Yeah, that's true. That America is a broken place. And if you believe that, then what is worth salvaging? What's worth defending? That was my gut, too. That if somebody were to invade... There are people out there who would have the mindset of, well, we had it coming. Yes. I mean, and the, romantic, the romanticizing of, of socialism and progressivism, like the world would be better if we were taken over by a country that was a socialist nation. If some people believe we'd that. be better off. Well, yes. And on that, I mean, real quick, I remember, Scott, you were in the hospital with your heart attacks. And this was around 2016, and the poll came out, and it was, I think, 18 to 34-year-olds by over 50% preferred socialism over capitalism. Yeah. And it was the first time that it had tipped the scales in that way. But back to David's point, they've been told forever that it's an evil thing, and they believe it. Of course. Yeah. Because so, they've never had to live under socialism. But here's the thing. Every year that goes by, the scale gets tipped higher and higher. Yeah. Because they're still learning the same things in school. So you have to reverse that. I mean, it gets really being lied to. Man, oh, man. And yet the other point you had that you've talked about before is you do have a lot of people, and we're talking about guys, um, that would just rather run than oh, stay yeah. and fight. Oh, yeah, beta males. They're, they're all over. Because they've also been conditioned that way, that if you're an alpha male, you uh, are somehow defective. Yeah, that was the one thing that when this whole war started in Ukraine, all of a sudden, all of this men and women are all equal kind of went out the window when right. you had, you know, women with the babies trying to get out of there and the yeah. guys were staying to fight. Yeah. Because that's what men do. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. Wow. And now they don't. <laughs> all right. NCAA tournament is underway. Stat is 43% of us will watch. Games at work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised, honestly, it's not higher. We didn't see any yesterday. Well, people um, are maybe not at work. I don't know. <laughs> well, th- there was like 37% that said they were going to take a li- at least a little time off work to yeah, watch. to watch. Yeah. Um, now, you've watched some college basketball this year, and if yeah. you missed it on the show oh, yesterday, geez, I know. I, there I was I a prediction. It. I knew it. What? I don't even know if you know this. No, I... David? Did you know this? No, no what? You haven't seen scores, right? No, I haven't seen scores. Well, Iowa got upset yesterday. Mm-hmm. Jeez, a lot of people liked Iowa. So if we roll back the tape from yesterday, oh. it sounded something like this. Do you like Iowa to go to the Final Four? Kind of, yeah. I got Do you want to bet on that? Uh, I've seen them play a bunch of times. Um, Final Four. Gosh dang. Uh, no, I don't want any part of that. It's just a fiver. Don't want it? Hmm. Okay, I'll go five. I'll go five. Okay, I'll put it on the board. Dun, 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 dun. 
What a dope. <laughs> Never take my advice on anything like that, ever. I like Iowa, is what he said. I did like Iowa. <laughs> the rakes were in the sand trap. They stepped on many of them last night. <laughs> Holy smokes. That was the only bet that you had in the entire I know. thing. $5 Iowa goes to the final four. Jeez. Couldn't get out of the first round. Grand opening, grand closing. Well, you at, least you don't, at least you don't have to spend the next couple weeks in suspense, Scott. No. It's, you they, lose out. You, you lose, yeah. lose early. Yeah, kill the dream right away. That way you don't have it. It won't linger. Uh, one other update on bets from the show. Uh, you guys had predicted last fall that troops would be back in Afghanistan by February 2022. Mm. Both of you bet me five on that. I'm the only one that said no. Uh, we were wrong. I'm glad Wait. to be wrong there. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm glad to get the money. Thank you. Okay. Hollywood liberals want Canada to shut down a pipeline. Okay. What is it with these people? That and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, for some of these people, they understand, right, that they play Avengers. They're not actually <laughs> Avengers. Do they get that? No, I don't think they do. I think they've convinced themselves they have to be real-life superheroes or something. So a bunch of Hollywood liberals have gotten together, and they want to end a uh, the Canada gas pipeline. Hollywood <laughs> stars have joined together to write a letter... Uh, to the Royal Bank of Canada to defund the Canada Gas Pipeline. You got Hulk, Iron Man, they're all signing yeah, up. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo, also Leonardo DiCaprio, Ben Stiller, Scarlett Johansson, Jane Fonda, Susan Sarandon, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Uh, they want to get rid of it not only for climate change, but because it runs along traditionally indigenous land. Hmm. Okay, they may have that belief. Have they seen the current issue with gas? Just curious. Well, it doesn't like affect them. That's right. It's, That's it's, absolutely right. So the timing, it doesn't matter. No. <laughs> they don't care because it doesn't affect them. Working period. class people. Right. They don't care. care. Okay. They don't care. Got well, it. Well, when's the last time, honestly, when's the last time Mark Ruffalo or Robert Downey Jr. or any of these guys had to worry about what, the rising cost of gas was going to do in terms of whether or not they'd be able to make rent this month. <laughs> yeah, good point. Long, long time. It's been decades. Yes. Unreal. Yeah. And then you get into the bubble, where it's just like-minded people, the elites. That's what happens. You know, the people, that, people do this stuff that doesn't affect them. This is, you know, the police thing. What? Well, what did... Coastal gas link, say. Uh, Go pound sand. Yeah, pretty much, of no, Scott we're Robbins. Not, we're, yeah. not, we're not doing this. Yeah. Good. You freaks. Go back. <laughs> Get out. That's, that's nice. You freaks. Holly's <laughs> tired of it all. Okay, tell me, is this just an eye roll or is this somewhat genius? 
Did you see the story that's making the rounds about this mom that installed doorbells inside her house <laughs> in the kitchen for each of her kids' rooms? Because depending on how your house is set up, if your kids are in their room and the door is shut, as a mom, you're always yelling. Like, whatever the kid's name is. Mm-hmm. David! Yeah. He might have music on in there. He can't hear or whatever. So she bought four different doorbells. And it's installed in a cupboard. So you open the cupboard, and there it is. It's like, there's Jack's room. There's Alicia's room. And so she just hits it. Now, if you're a kid in the room, you're going to hear the doorbell. And that means it's time to come out. It's time for dinner. In That's my, awesome. That's my, a great idea. In my house, my mom just had to poke her head through the hole in my wall. Oh, see, it always gets sad whenever we bring that up. Man. This is the Martha Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. A lot of people miss this with everything going on in the world. So the CDC has quietly updated data on child COVID deaths. Uh, Yeah, we know that COVID is very, very unlikely to lead to severe outcomes, much less death with children. Uh, And now the CDC has quietly updated its information that shows it's even less dangerous for kids than we previously thought. The CDC's update removed about 24% of the total number of deaths among children. They cited a coding error. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Think about how much policy has been crafted based around what the CDC has put out over the last couple of years. How many kids have seen irreparable damage done to them in the form of being shut out of any sort of normalcy, including school, including activities, all for for virtually no risk that was actually even lower than what the CDC was saying it was. First of all, do you believe that that was a coding error? No. No, and th- this is part of their overall effort to recategorize COVID deaths in this country uh, to change the definition from people who died with COVID, as in maybe they had something else going on and they happened to have COVID when they died, or somebody who actually died from COVID. Like, save for COVID, they would still be alive today. So, Well, David, remember how many times you got called a conspiracy theorist because you would actually look at the numbers? Oh, yeah. And say, well, hold on a second. This doesn't add up. Oh, it, oh. Ju- it just doesn't. Overall, the CDC has now removed about 70,000 deaths among all age groups as they try to edit out those who died with COVID as opposed to people who died because of COVID. And again, just some idiot on the radio is like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Why are we why are we counting everything as a covid death, even if somebody has I mean, it's a heartbreaking situation. I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to say that those lives didn't matter. Not at all. Obviously. Right. But if you're trying to keep count of how many people died from covid so that the rest of us can understand more fully our personal risk to this or with this disease 
it is important to know, was the person in the late stages of cancer before they died and happened to have COVID? That, well, that's a big thing. Absolutely. To know. It wasn't just that, but, I mean, you were labeled as misinformation. I remember Cheryl Ackeson was doing reports on it, talking about different states where you had a 32-year-old guy get killed on a motorcycle. He happened to have COVID. COVID death. What? Like, is that really happening? And you would look at the numbers. Yes, they counted it. And then you repeat it. Oh, that's misinformation. Mm-hmm. And now it's a coding error. Okay. Yeah. So when it's a coding error, does that mean it's the computer or someone putting in the code? That that means that somebody was just putting in, you know, categorizing things wrong. Okay. Is that person fired? They should be, but no, probably not. What do you have to do to get fired? In the government. Oh, my gosh. It's brutal. And on down the line. Okay, I know we got to move on. It's, it just ticks you off. Okay. Jen Psaki was talking about COVID yesterday. Is this going to raise the irritation level? Uh, yeah, it will. I had that feeling. Well, there's been a lot of chatter now that COVID has made its way into the White House. The vice president's husband has COVID. And a reporter asked the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, about taking extra precautions because Joe Biden's like 150 years old and he's senile. Like there's mm-hmm. a there's an issue there, clearly an issue there. Okay. 79 years old, president of the United States, were to get COVID, might be more serious than, uh, you know, somebody in their 20s. Well, we, we don't know that. Um, but we also whoa, know that out. COVID yeah, impacts whoa, 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 whoa. people of all. We don't know that. You know that. We know that. That's, that is a certainty. Yes. You're the party of science, right? Right. I don't understand. Right? Um, but we also know that COVID impacts people of all ages and uh, and a range of, but when we take what we do here, Jen, is not, not exactly as you said, so I wouldn't agree with your description there. I would say we do take extra precautions. Okay. No, it, right. it actually is a fact that a person who is in their 60s even, we're not talking as old as Joe, a person in their 60s who's been vaccinated and boosted is at a greater chance of death than an 18-year-old who hasn't been vaccinated at all. Correct. Yes, we know that. We've known it for a while. It's true of any disease. Well, and you wonder and how many people... Get it, and if you get it and you're older, you're more vulnerable, yes. Sure. But you wonder how many people in the country actually know that. Oh, New York Times has some new polling out. Yeah, I saw that. That'll tell you. The, really? the misinformation is coming from... Inside the House, you could say. Of course. It's coming from the federal government right now. Very liberal. The question here is, how much risk do you believe COVID poses to your children's health and well-being? 48% of very liberal respondents said it was a great risk. That is not at all true. No, it is not. But they drink the Kool-Aid every day. They get their news from legacy media and left media, and they believe it. And so they live in unnecessary fear and make life a pain in the freaking butt for the rest of us. You know, damn it, they should be able to believe it. What do you mean? I mean, they should be able to believe it. They shouldn't be being manipulated and lied to. Oh, yes. And they should be able to put their, their thoughts and feelings behind it and understand they're getting the straight story. They should. I mean, they but should. That, but they. have you ever had a conversation with someone that you're trying to say, listen, I, I'm not trying to win some sort of political battle. I just want you to understand, and maybe 
even say, maybe I could be wrong here, but let's just try to find out what the truth is in this particular story or this particular stat, okay? There are people that will not have it. They just will not believe it. David, and you've given more examples of that than almost anybody I know. You talk to several people on both sides. Yeah. And you could say, no, this place shut down because of COVID. No, it didn't. Oh, yes, yeah. it did. Yeah, early on, it was April of 2020. I was literally seeing restaurants in my neighborhood or around my house that were shut down, and a couple of them said, thank you for however many years of business. Right. We're done, because they were a small mom-and-pop operation, and I'm sure the margins were razor thin, and then they get shut down, and what can you do, right? And I had family members saying, no, well, they should have planned better or something like that. I mean, just Crazy. not wanting to face reality. Right. And when you look at the polling now, and it's now a total of 71% of very liberal, it's even higher for liberal, think that children are at some or a great risk of COVID. The right answer is not very much risk. Correct. Only 15% of liberals think that's the case. I'm not surprised. And we're worried about disinformation? Right. I know. We should address that. They won't do it. Because for legacy media, it's not about giving people the right information. It's an agenda. And we all know it. Speaking of agenda, uh, the artist formerly known as Will Thomas, now Leah, winning at the NCAA Women's Swimming Competition as a biological male. Yeah. And, you know, if you... Pending social media, it seems like, oh, there's so much support. And there's so many swimmers from across different schools that are very supportive of Leah. Really? Because we've heard stories from the other side, and those people get silenced. And the word went out with, with the Ivy League. Different schools that compete, don't be saying anything about this. Shush, shush. So who was it that said, I haven't met one person who supports this? Oh, it was a couple of parents of a swimmer from Auburn. Uh, and I understand because they're, they're watching their daughters, their daughter's friends, girls their daughter's age, compete against a dude. Yes. And they're like, no, this isn't right. But here's what, here's what they told Fox News. Okay. I think everybody's got to be civil about it. Um, yeah. I call him Will Thomas. He's a human. We should respect that and what he wants to do with his life. But this isn't the place to do it. It's taken opportunity away from females that have worked very, very hard for a long, long time, even before college, to get in this position. And uh, it's just not right. I have not met one parent that feels differently than we feel. Um, we were at SEC's, talked to a lot of parents here. We've talked to a lot of parents. I have not met one person that supports it. Yeah. Not surprised at all. By the way, um, we talked about, you know, taking a spot from somebody else, that sort of thing. There was a swimmer from Virginia Tech that was there. And a person is interviewing people talking about, you know, what they thought of what was going on. I'll just get to the point where the question is asked, because one of her teammates finished 17th in the qualifier. They take the top 16. So she missed it by one. Mm -hmm. And the question is about eh, how upset was she, 
something like that. So uh, Leah Thomas took one of those spots. Uh, talk to us about what your teammate uh, was going through and, and that experience. She was very emotional, and it's hard to see because it's her last NCAAs, and um, she really loves that race, and it was just heartbreaking to see that she put all her effort into it today and when the best time that she went in a morning session before and still not make it back. It, it, it's hard to see someone who works every day, every night, still not be able to compete against someone like that. Yeah. Get to another part of that clip later, just talking about how <laughs> mentally you're somewhat defeated going into the race. Yeah. Knowing what the other person is capable of. I mean, you just want a fair playing field. This is insanity. Like, I need to say that again. Goodness gracious. Um, oh, one other thing, real quick, just so you know steam engines, uh, racist. <laughs> steam engines? Yes. Steam engines. Why? They're racist. <laughs> Why are steam Does engines? They belch out white smoke? Well, <laughs> it may take a little bit to explain it. Uh, if you're interested, we could attempt that. And the White House is bracing for a mass migration event. That as well. Coming up right here. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Yep. The sexy boomer. Yes, yeah, what I've been told. Okay, the White House is bracing for what? A uh, mass migration event. Yeah, the border crisis is going to get worse because, well, it's about that time of year. And the word is, is that the health order that was put in place in the Trump administration, Title 42, which kept people on the other side of the border, allowed for expediency and deportations of illegal immigrants, um, the White House is thinking about dropping that now. And they have a special task force now called the Southwest Border Coordination Center, which is basically a war room to coordinate a response to what they think is going to be an overwhelming number of migrants showing up at the border. Part of that is because there's about 25,000 migrants right now on the border waiting in Mexico for Title 42 to get dropped. What a disaster. Jeez. All by design. I mean, that's the frustrating thing. We'll have reports on this. There are updates. And the White House has no want to make it stop. So, I mean, in turn, you have to believe that's all part of the plan. What else you can say? We saw on the crawl from Fox News earlier today, even before the show started, that Department of Homeland Security is looking for volunteers to help at the border. People are coming in. You're volunteering. <laughs> yes. You're volunteering to deal with drug cartels. It could be, yeah. You could just go to an animal shelter and walk dogs. <laughs> you mean if you're going to give your time yeah, to Yeah, I'm going to volunteer. Or you can get shot at by Mexican drug cartels. Pick one. Got to tell you, just that sounds a little racist. Okay. Does it? Uh, someone's going to say that, I would guess. Well, is that not say, what's David? going on? Oh, I don't even. Yeah, probably. But everything's racist. So nothing is. Who cares? That's true. You know, why I said that to lead into this story. I want you. Well, I mentioned it briefly. Steam engines. Racist. Steam engines. Yes. Okay. 
This what ought to be good. I'm talking about here. Well, the National Museum of Wales. Wales, they, the animals. No. <laughs> I think the country. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, do you know the guy? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, that came up with the steam engine. Anyway. Okay. Didn't own slaves. Anyway, long story short, what they're saying is even though the steam-powered locomotive um, didn't really have any direct tie to slavery, the innovation helped drive an imperial British economy that was tied to the slave trade. <laughs> okay? Okay. Wow. So there was no slave owner involved in this. There was no actual slavery. It was just that this technology was so revolutionary in helping the U.K. and, in fact, the rest of the world. But if that economy had any part in the slave trade, that means it's inherently racist? You got it, David. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, that's yeah, not true. Yeah. No. It's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in the last five minutes. There yeah. you go. Now, at this museum, the plaques that accompany the model of the locomotive will now include information contextualizing the invention, talking about how the economic advancement it brought also contributed to the slave trade. The museum issued a statement defending its decision, said, although there might not be direct links uh, between the locomotive and the slave trade, we acknowledge the reality that links to slavery are woven into the warp and weft of Welsh society. Trade and colonial exploitation were embedded in Wales' economy uh, and society and were fundamental to Wales' development as an industrialized nation. Uh, no. As we continue to audit the collection, we will explore how the slave trade linked and fed into the development of the steam and railway infrastructure in Wales. Meanwhile, cabbage is now also racist. <laughs> because a lot of those people that worked on it... Yeah. They ate cabbage. Yeah, like and, apples. <laughs> and that helped give them strength Great. to build things, which also contributed to the slave trade. See? Oh, yeah. boy. I'm not sure if that's dumber or was it UW Madison that removed a boulder because if you, <laughs> it was a rock. Yeah. Yes. Because they removed this boulder from campus because people said the boulder was racist. They did. I'm trying to figure out which one is actually dumber. Well, man, it took a lot of effort to move that rock, too. That's true. Yeah. I had to put it on a steam engine to move it. <laughs> <laughs> you had freshman girls up there weeping? Yes. Uh, Say, I'm so sorry for my privilege. The rock, uh. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. I can't, I can't help it. Uh, Dolly Parton, you know, she said, hey. I'm not worthy to take my name off the ballot for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. And everybody's like, wow, what a class lady. She didn't have to do that. She's more deserving than a lot of people. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame said, yeah, we appreciate that, Dolly, but it's too late. We can't do that. We can't honor your wishes on that. Hmm. Because the process has already begun. We've already sent ballots out to our members. So we can't stop this now. Acting like they're important. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh -uh. Yeah. Again, look at who's inducted. What a joke. I heard her say, it's like ACDC got in the Country Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> they don't belong there. <laughs> did she say that? She did. That's great. Okay. Much more to get to. Fauci's saying you got to be open to lockdowns. <laughs> Next. Up.
night. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. My guess is this audio will irritate you. Don't mean to just irritate you, but you should probably know it's out there. Well, Dr. Anthony Fauci, science's <laughs> only begotten son, uh, is getting back out there. And on CNN, he warned that, you know, COVID isn't over. We're probably going to see another spike. And that means, you know, lockdowns may need to be on the table. Uh, no, no. We need to be flexible. And if, in fact, we do see a turnaround and a resurgence, we have to be able to pivot and go back to any degree of mitigation that is commensurate with what the situation is. So we can't just say we're done. Now okay. we're going to move on. We've got to be able to be flexible because we're dealing with a dynamic situation. Hopefully, the cases will continue to come down as the weather gets warmer. Uh huh. I don't remember asking you a damn thing. <laughs> we could go off on a rant again if we want. Talk about all the ways he lied. Do we really want to do it? Enough. Your time's over, dude. Yeah, we're we, we are not going back. We are not. We're not going to do it. No. No. I did see this. Number of pilots are suing um, TSA over their mask mandate. The story from Town Hall. Court paperwork that 10 commercial airline pilots who work for JetBlue and Southwest argued that the CDC issued an order requirement for persons to wear masks while, you know, planes, without providing public notice or soliciting comment. Pilots are asking the court to vacate worldwide the federal transportation mask mandate, calling the move an illegal and unconstitutional exercise of executive authority. They go on to say... Uh, the mandate is being justified despite studies showing masks don't work to protect against the Wuhan coronavirus. Which is true. Yes. The CDC has tried to lie about that several times, about masks. But it doesn't match the other studies that we've seen, especially the cloth masks. So I think there are so many people that feel like, aren't we done with this? We're done, right? And they're trying to bring this back out. I don't think I want to give it much more time. We need some kind of study paid for by the cloth mask, the industry. (laughs) That, hey, they might not work, but they're really cool. No, they're not. (laughs) Put your logo on it. I mean, you saw this for a while, too, because people knew it was a joke. Yeah. Of the super thin masks, and you knew they didn't work. But you were buying them for comfort. It was the situation where you had to wear it, whether it was work or wherever you had to be. But it was super thin and more comfortable than the regular. People were buying them like crazy. And it it got to the point where I remember seeing a few people, they were darn near see-through. Because the (laughs) material was so thin. Right. Like sheer. You know? And, you know, some people might have the take, well, that's irresponsible. They're not even doing their part. The cloth mask didn't work. Very low rate. Anyway, big talk today about the artist formerly known as Will Thomas, now Leah winning the NCAA 500 Swimming Championship yeah. as a biological male. Yeah, this dude was up on the podium. and I, mean, it, I, I keep seeing the photo of him on the podium with two other competitors, the second and third place. Uh, and then they also brought in the fourth place, uh, and those three actual girls stood together and and posed for a picture because those are really first, second, and third. 
Okay, we're all going to play pretend. I know when the record book's going to go down that this dude uh, won against the women. But everybody watching that race knows who really got first, second, and third. Yes. And you know what? They made Thomas work for it. Yeah, they did. Now, that was closer than some people thought. And it was this final 100 yards, Rowdy, where Leah Thomas really pulled away. Yeah, that, that's where she really took control of the race. Emma Wyatt did as much as she could to hang in there and uh, did a spectacular job in getting second. Yes, good for her. <laughs> what is it? Where, where Leah Thomas really started pulling away was the two prior decades where he was Will Thomas. You see the yeah. side by side of him with the with the actual girls, and it's like, dude, no amount of hormone suppressing drugs can account for the size difference, the sheer size difference. That's a you dude. Know, earlier, I was playing a piece of audio from the Virginia Tech swimmer, and it was her teammate that just missed the finals, finishing seventeenth. So Thomas took her spot. Um. And she talked a little bit about that in the first question that she was asked. It's a common conception that we are all very disappointed and frustrated with someone who is, has capabilities more than us women have to be able to compete at this level and take opportunities away from other women. Like I have a teammate who did not make finals today because she was just bumped out of finals. And it's heartbreaking to see someone who went through puberty as a male and has the body of a male be able to absolutely blow away the competition and you go into with a mindset that you are you don't have a chance if that makes sense like it's hard to compete against someone with the aerobic capacity the muscle development the body of a man it's hard it's hard to think about it like that and staying positive i bet for other swimmers who are in that uh heat is probably overwhelming i i'm not sure i can't speak for them but it's disappointing to see and frustrating definitely I would guess that swimmer, like a lot of people across the country, felt like, well, before it gets to this point, they're going to stop this. People are going to stop it. And then the question is, who is they or people? Who is going to stop it? Nobody did. And you know what? I've had this conversation with a few people. David, if you don't mind, I want to ask you a personal question. Okay. Because you're a dad. You got a couple of kids under the age of three, Mm -hmm. right? Would you have looked at this story any different five years ago? Does it mean something more that you have a couple of kids, one being a daughter? I think a little bit. It feels it, it, it does feel like there's an extra sense of urgency that if this charade doesn't get put to a stop, mm-hmm. there is a real risk to my daughter as she gets older. She's only two right now, so we still got some time to clean it up before it affects me personally. But, right. I mean, it, the whole thing is just absurd. Well, you have a daughter. Your daughter's a swimmer. Yeah. yeah. I've said this many times on the show. I remember saying this last year, like if that ever happened. Because in those meets, it's women and men's. They travel together and they do the meets. And so the 500, right after the women are done, then the men swim the 500. So I could always see the difference. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's remarkable. And I remember saying to you guys, if they ever do that, allow a dude to swim with the girls, it's going to be a joke. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know swimming is not as popular as the other major sports, but, yeah. I mean, it was easy to see. Yeah. But, I mean, if you – and Thomas, again, was 6'3", 6'2", 
you know, broad-shouldered. Think about it when it's a dude that's 6'6", decides to play basketball with skills. Mm-hmm. It, dude, this is ridiculous. It's not reality. And the way the left has framed it, I mean, tip your cap for marketing. But there are so many cowards in the country that just won't say what the truth is, that this shouldn't happen. And that's not a biological female, and that's a disadvantage. And, of course, we're not going to allow that, but we're not there at this current time. You know what, though, man? I cannot wait to start my career in kindergarten uh, pre-T-ball. Because, man, I'm going to crush the ball at the plate. Did you identify as five? Yeah, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be a trans-aged athlete. Well, see, right now, that's not accepted, but... We're looking for pioneers. Exactly. I'm, I'm breaking a glass ceiling. Absolutely. I'm also going to play, you know, youth football. I'm going to dominate. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm play running back and just plow through all those kids, leave them in the dust. Yes. Remember playing those teams where you had one kid on every team that had, like, a mustache and sideburns? Yeah. And you were, yes. you were like, in eighth grade? Yes. Yeah, there's always that guy. Yes. It's like, how old is that guy? I know. <laughs> Where's the birth certificate? I swear. I swear I'm just 10 because I feel 10. <laughs> exactly. Right. And you need to be age-affirming to me or else you are a bigot. <laughs> All right. My nickname will be... crime and I identify as a minor. <laughs> my... <laughs> <laughs> my nickname is going to be Mercy Rule. <laughs> it's pretty good. Another massive cargo ship carrying cars has sunk. This in the Persian Gulf. Oh, no. Off Iran. Yes. Uh, the United Arab Emirates flagged vessel, the Al-Salmi 6, sank off Iran's southern coast. 30 crew members aboard. Now, it looks like most saved they were still looking for two, hoping they could find them. Mm. Um, but it it's crazy if you saw the pictures of this. And you can say, yeah, choppy seas. But all of a sudden, this massive ship is like leaned to its side not all the way under but leaned to its side and was for quite a long time and then just sank or how that happens and that's two now with a bunch of cars on it then they said severe weather descended on the persian gulf and wind gusts exceeding 40 mile an hour and maybe that's one of those things that you know happens more than you know and it's reported because there were cars on board mm, yeah sometimes luxury cars and you see all, oh my gosh they're at the bottom of the sea but. can't wait for the submersion sale <laughs> i don't know that they're going to be able to get those back I'm not quite sure about that um you want some health news anybody oh sure who's a fan of the nap we've talked about this before i'm pro nap very pro okay five reasons you should take a nap yeah. this weekend just saw it. Health news you can use, Scott. Okay. All right. Forget that it was from CNN. Um, first thing, NASA did a study on astronauts and found that taking naps is like charging your brain's batteries. Wow. Works on memory performance. No kidding. Yes. Hmm. A joke. Also, lower your risk for heart problems. Uh, are we seeing a trend here? Yeah, I was going to say. You better start napping, bro. And I don't. I, like, resist it. I know. Um. <clears throat> They said even taking a nap once or twice a week could lower your risk of heart attack or stroke. Also could help you get in shape. Because a study found the more sleep-deprived someone was, 
the more they're likely to consume sugar, fatty foods, and caffeine. Uh. Isn't that true? Like when you're gassed and tired and you're like, know something that maybe you shouldn't eat, and you're like, ah, screw it. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat it. It happens. Mm-hmm. It also boosts your creativity. That's another piece of research that's out there. And the fact that we just lost an hour of sleep this last weekend. So I bring this up for all the nappers to unite and have no shame in a little nap time this weekend. See? Isn't that nice? Why are you rolling your eyes? Well, I don't. I just... Okay. All right. I just don't do it. News update setting up for the Friday 5 in just a few. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update. The former news guru, David Van Camp. Well, some fun highlights of the $1.5 trillion spending package uh, Congress has passed. Uh, This is not additional. This is apparently just to keep the lights on, right? Avoid a government shutdown, which I know a lot of people who lost their jobs or whose kids were out of school for two years or whatever are like, yeah, I don't really care if a TSA agent gets furloughed right now. Right. I, I, don't, I don't care. Right. So not only did it include like what, $14 billion or something like that for emergency aid assistance to Ukraine. But here are some of the earmarks here that I think you would find very interesting. Uh, Florida Representative Frederica Wilson, the lady with the cowboy hat. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, earmarked a $2.2 million sum to build a Bahamian arts, history, and cultural center in Coconut Grove. I don't think so. (laughs) Thank you. Ilhan Omar, one of the socialists in the squad in the House of Representatives, also got in on it, got a million dollars for the Afro-Latinx immigrant COVID-19 workforce reengagement in fiscal year 2022. The hell does that mean? What is that? Latinx, Latinx. No, what what is the cause for Afro-Latinx to immigrants to get, I don't know, re-engaged in the workforce. I don't. Everyone's hiring. I, I, I don't know this, what. This, this, okay, go ahead. Why are you are we talking about money? people here legally or just the, I, anybody? You know, that's anybody. a great question. Yeah. Uh, there has been $584,000 earmarked for a self-reliant urban solar village in Pennsylvania. Okay. And then three. <laughs> we don't have any money. This is my favorite one. $300,000 for a Hawaiian tree census. Counting trees? (laughs) Counting trees in Hawaii. (laughs) Counting trees. (laughs) I don't know what to say to that. I don't. don't. You know, I'm going to bring you something a little more entertaining before we set up the Friday Five. Okay. Just happened to see this piece. Um, they figured out that these are the most common cars people with DUIs own. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> it already made you laugh. This is... There's a top ten. Okay. We'll see how your stereotype is. What's your first guess? I don't care who goes first. Uh, I'm going to go uh, pickup truck. Do I have to go 
like, specific? You know, for time's sake, we're running out of time. I'll just tell you, truck is, is a good call. F-150. Yeah. Well, the Dodge Ram 2500 is first. S-10? Uh, S-Series is third. GMC Sonoma, fifth. Toyota Tacoma, sixth. Silverado, seventh. Um, Dodge Dakota, ninth. Whoa. But what is the first car or two cars that would be on this list? Uh, Camry. With the most DUIs. No, sir. Camaro. Are you playing a stereotype, man? I had three of them, so. What if I told you a Subaru WRX? I don't even know what that is, but okay. That was the first car. The second was an Audi A4. Oh. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. All right, we got to set up the uh, Friday Five. Fan Camp had a great idea yesterday, talking about the whole world watching Ukraine, the fighting spirit. Said, you know, we haven't done songs with fight the title in quite a while. Oh, gosh, in a no. long time. So the greatest songs of all time with fight in the title. If you're new to the countdown, we do this every Friday. Put a list together. Count them all back. Give each other a hard time about their picks. So if you want to get in early... 210-619-2053. It's 210-619-2053. Greatest songs of all time with fight in the title. And we'll kick it off next right here. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It is time for our Friday Five. It's a countdown we do every Friday, and it starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Okay. For our Friday Five countdown today, Van Camp, an excellent idea. As the world looks at Ukraine and is inspired by the fighting spirit. Greatest songs of all time with fight in the title. As always, this is how we rank them. How big a hit or how iconic is the song? Does it stand the test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? Rank it 1 to 10, mm-hmm. put it all together, and we have our list. Pretty solid, too. Good list. Yeah, I agree. 210-619-2053 is the number. Who's up first, David? Uh, we got Russ in Michigan. Hey, Russ. Hey, good, good afternoon, gentlemen. I would like to, uh, my pick would be Triumph, Fight the Good Fight. Wow, dude. Good song. Why do you say it, dismissing it? Good song. I said a good song. Didn't no, sound I like mean, well, I, I like the song, okay? <laughs> I'm very enthusiastic about the song. I like it. Okay. All right. I was just wondering there for a second. No, no, no. I'm not dismissing Triumph. <laughs> Maybe I read too much into it. Your tone suggested, yes, yeah, a good song, but it's not going to make the top five. No, unfortunately, no. Here's my question for the millennial on the show, David Van Camp. Yeah. Are you familiar with that song? Only because of you. Wow. Singing the praises of one triumph. 
Yes, Rick Evans. Lee Prost from Triumph. Good band. Player. Yeah. Well, that was big at Rock Radio early 80s. I don't know about Test of Time, but I really do like it. That really was good the song. unofficial theme song of the Truckers. Was it really? I made that up, but it sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> This is an inspirational song, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. All right. That was a good honorable mention to start with. Who's next? We got Jim in Portland. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. I just want to say I love it when David channels his inner Scott Robbins and just loses it. It's awesome. (laughs) Great radio. (laughs) I'm with you there, man. Well, this song came out. I was 17, a junior in high school. Everybody had the cassette just blasting it. Um, And I'm going to go with the uh, Beastie Boys. You got to fight for your right to party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number five. It was huge. Yeah, it was. I worked at a music land when that was out. Sold a lot of cassette copies of that one. Yeah. I also remember people that bought cassette when they would come back in and said, you know, the rest of the album's not really like Fight for Your Right to Party. No. No, it's not. <laughs> Sometimes a single has nothing to do with the album. No, it's true. You're yeah. right. Yeah. I just remember we didn't have cable growing up, but I was we were visiting family, and they did, and the music video for that came on. And if I remember right, it's where they're, like, throwing lawn furniture, all this stuff. They're just trashing a house at a party. Yeah. Yes. My mom walks by the room, sees what's going on on the TV, and says, that's not funny. This is why we don't have cable. Oh, man. Bummer. Did she turn it off? No, she did not turn it off because we took a wise lesson and fought for our right to party. Party. Oh, man, never stop. Okay, who's next? Uh, We got Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hi, guys. Love your show. Jamie, you better not pick on Scott. I have a feeling he may start a fight and push you into a locker. (laughs) (laughs) And get suspended. (laughs) He's done it before. He's volatile. (laughs) Yes, yes. My song, Ario Speedwagon, Can't Fight This Feeling. Well, sure. Yeah, and for a rough and tumble guy like that, he loves the Speedwagon battle. Number three. All right, I won't pick on him. You paint the picture, David. Well, he's got, he's got his hands up, open palm, and he's rocking back and forth. I can't tell if he's just... Sort of looks like uh, like a church camp when the devotional stuff is going on and he's yeah. back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very. If he still smoked, he'd probably have his lighter out. Oh, he definitely would. Oh yeah. Now it's just the cell phone. Well, that was the number one hit, right? You look your girl in the eye this weekend. You look her right in the eye and you hold her gently and you say, "I'm throwing away the oars." Winner. What if you've been married for years? I'm throwing away the oars. I thought your oars were out of the water years ago. (laughs) I don't know. It depends on metaphorically what you think the (laughs) oars are. So that was a big hit. Huge hit. And you like it. I like REO. I'm I'm an REO. No, 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 no. I like the song. I like the song. 
It's not my favorite REO well, song. It's not I my favorite REO song, but I like it. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. I'm Everyone knows you're guy. man enough to put people into lockers. Right. That you can own what you like. <laughs> Every rocker's got I can his stuff. Stuff somebody in the locker while I'm playing. <laughs> you're doing that. Yeah. You can't fight this well, feeling. Yeah. You yes. had to stuff them into the locker because you couldn't fight the feeling of wanting to stuff them into a locker anymore. Right. I threw away my oars and put them in the locker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we got number five. We got number three. Talking about the greatest songs of all time with fight in the title. Who's next? Uh, we got Michelle in Portland. Hey, Michelle. Hey, guys. I got um, Rachel Platten with Fight Song. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is my fight song. That song means a lot to a lot of people. Big hit. And that is used in a lot of commercials, too, right? Yeah, the DNC kind of ruined it in 2016. Oh, no. Yeah. Remember that? Democratic Party, they, they, they brought in a bunch of celebrities to do an acapella version of this. Whether you have guys going, yeah, and they're all singing along to it. It's just terrible. You know, I think that's one of those things where you have such an awful memory. Somehow your mind blocks it out. Yeah. But when you you have the politicians with a song, remember Don't Stop in 92? Oh, and it was Hillary Clintons, and yeah. Bill and then Alan Tipper Gore with the uncomfortable bad white dancing. Yeah. Oh, golly. I still can't hear that song without thinking of that. Let's do the middle-aged white guy. <laughs> sway, sway side to side, put your hands out in front of you. Now, on yeah. with the countdown. <laughs> we got uh, Krista in Richfield, Washington. Hey, Krista. Hey, how's it going, guys? Happy Friday. Good. You too, Happy Krista. Friday. Yeah. Thanks for checking in. Uh, I was thinking, uh, how about Metallica? Fight fire with fire. Oh, my gosh. You just won the hearts of men across America with that pick. Not a fan, Mr. Robbins. No, I'm not. Now that's I appreciate music. Them, but I appreciate yeah. them. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> well, if my old buddy Travis is out there anywhere, uh, I'll never forget when he bought this new, and we had heard about Metallica, and, and that was the first song on the album. It was like, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are not messing around. All right. Still looking for number one, number two, and number four. Greatest fight songs of all time. And who's next? Uh, we got David in Hillsborough. Hey, David. Well, happy March Madness Friday, gentlemen. Yeah. We love David. God, he don't feel bad. I had Iowa, too. Gosh dang it. Oh, that's sad. Did you have any money on it, David? Uh, I got a, I'm in a, a little pool, but. If my wife's listening, no. Got it. <laughs> 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah. I also had Kentucky, so my my bracket's pretty much screwed. Ooh, <laughs> sorry, man. And a lot of people. Yeah. Anyhow, I tried to get on Scotty's level for this one, and I think I might have picked his brain this time, and maybe this was his number one. How about a little Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting by Elton darn, John? Darn right. Number one. Tell me if I'm wrong, David. I think 
We all had that at number one. Yeah, that, that was an uncontested number one. Big hit, total test of time. I think all three of us like it. Wound up kind of being a no-brainer. There you go. My sister looks cute in her braces and boots, a handful of grease in her hair. That's a great line. <laughs> You know, that song stands up there. Oh, yeah. It's been covered several times. Yeah. Well, I mean, you really can't beat the Nickelback cover of it. They covered this? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you know what's great about it? Bandcamp has no shame telling people, I like it. I do like the cover. I I think I'm the only person on this show that has it on his iTunes library. That would be correct. Well, it's been covered many times. Did anyone like the Who? Their cover? I always forget they did it. They did? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There were other bands as well. Tesla cover that? Are you? It sounds like you're making fun of Tesla. It really does. I don't like that. You will not disrespect Tesla in my presence. You may hear Tesla before the day's over. He might. All right. Friday 5. Fight songs. Wrap it up next. Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, we got a news update in less than 15 minutes. Oh, and the Scott Robbins trifecta, too. But we got to finish up the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday. Today is the greatest songs of all time with fight in the title. Honor of Ukraine and their fighting spirit. Good idea, David. That's your number one right there. Saturday night's all right for fighting Elton John. REO Speedwagon can't fight this feeling. Three. And at five, Beastie Boys fight for your right. Still looking for number two and number four. Also had great honorable mentions from Metallica, Rachel Platten, and Triumph. The number again is 210-619-2053. And back to it, David. Uh, let's start this off with Brian and Gresham. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. Aloha Friday. Um, I'm going to dedicate this to Mr. Biden. I'm sure he's going to impl- implement this in his next speech but and take credit for it. Uh, how about a little kung fu fighting? Yes. Yeah. Number four. (laughs) Big hit. And we had a little bit of a disagreement on test of time. I know, David, you thought it was up there a ways. Scott said no. I cut David brought me around, though. The question isn't so much, you know, who's playing it on the radio all the time. I mean, it's kind of a novelty song on the radio. But, sure. I mean... Sorry, it kills me every time I hear that. <laughs> yeah. But but people know the song. And therefore, I mean, I think, you know, you brought up the point. It came back with uh, Kung Fu Panda. Yes. So people do generally know the song, which is a sign of a test of time. Yeah. CeeLo Green did it. But, you know, one of my favorites was Tom Jones. Tom Jones did Kung Fu Fighting? Yes. You never I, heard it? No. Well, I think everyone needs that treat. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> One more. Oh, 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 oh. 
No, he, he lets it go for a ways, man. Now get ready. We're about to get there. Everybody was It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird dance mix. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Get you out there, wouldn't it? On the dance floor, baby? Of course it would. All right, who's next? Uh, we got Rachel in Lynchburg, Virginia. Good evening, comrades. This is Rachel with no Richard Levine. <laughs> yes, Thanks, I, I heard you were discussing. Hello, hello. I heard you were discussing mentally ill swimmer Will Thomas being allowed to compete against real women. Yes. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, well, when he was asked what he had to do in order to swim as a woman, Will said the main thing was to utterly conceal Kraken or Tuck for short. <laughs> So, what you calling for today? Well, my phone call last week was blocked because I was going to nominate Markley's favorite group, ABBA, for Best Female Singers. <laughs> but this week, I Don't Want to Fight by Tom Petty. Oh, well played. Good job. Yeah. I don't care, man. The Kraken was a great line. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're still looking for number two. And it's iconic. Yeah. I mean, we're iconic. Surprise. No one's yeah. Here. All right, who's next? Uh, we got Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Hey, Mary. Uh, except for the traffic that's going to be on in Delaware later, but it's still happy. <laughs> oh, bummer. Anyway, Street Fighting Man by the Rolling Stones. Oh, oh yeah. Great call. Yeah. Number two. Uh, earlier, I think you were mocking Tesla, Scott. Like, Tesla does a cover of everything. Um, well, pretty much. Well, they, honestly, they they do do a cover of that. No I, kidding? Yes, I think it's oh. pretty good. No, that's not it. That's the who. Saturday night, all right for fighting. No, we need the Tesla. Yes, Tesla. Yes. One of the best bar bands in America. They are. You go out on a Friday night, fans Oh, out absolutely. There. I go Come see on. them in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's fun, man. I'll wait the Tesla flag. All right, who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Johnny and Salina. Johnny, you got to be quick today, bud. Hey, Johnny. Happy Friday, boys. <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Johnny. What you got? Oh, Great. I got something. I got something for you, boys. You never know what I got for you. I'm about to step into a swim gym all over the place. Hey, how about this? We got, whoa, we got the thin lizzies. You know what I'm talking about? The fighting my way back. Yeah. There wouldn't be a Friday without Johnny. Right? And that's your Friday five. Elton John, Rolling Stones, REO, Carl Douglas, Beasties. And this is the Barkley Van Camp and Robert Show. Well played. All right. That was fun. Was there anything else that wasn't mentioned yet? 
Well, we have honorable mentions. I just played a little part of the Who's cover of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. I don't know if you guys had liked that or not, since that was number one. Dolphin sounds pretty cool on that. Robin doesn't like it, I can tell. It's okay. Yeah. Well, maybe you'd like a different version. I don't know. Is that more your cup of tea? That would be Wasp. <laughs> the Scott Robbins trifecta top three stories of the day and a news update next. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, uh, President Biden spoke with his counterpart in China, Xi Jinping, for about two hours today about the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like like we've been seeing really develop over the last week, uh, China is not openly supportive. In fact, it does look like they've been distancing themselves quite a bit from Russia and what they're doing in Ukraine, but they're also not outright condemning it. You know, I think it's very significant that yesterday state media, not only uh, foreign-facing media, but even within China itself, have been sharing video of um, of Russians killing yeah. civilians in Ukraine. That's a big deal. Do you think China's been feeling the pressure? From the rest of the world, I think, true international pressure. <laughs> I think, I think, <laughs> I think there may be that, but their economy. I mean, it's been a wild week in their markets uh, this week. It's up and down. The real estate market appears to be collapsing, and that's been going on for several months now. Uh, so right now, it's not in their financial interest to be involved in a war that has no benefit to them. However, they may be looking at this and saying, "Well, if we outright support, you know, Russia in this." we are going to uh, wind up getting irrevocably tied to this ongoing campaign. Mm-hmm. So we can take advantage of it whenever the dust settles, you know, and, and you know, have some quote-unquote foreign aid into Ukraine, right. into Russia. We can benefit from this financially moving forward. That said, they are not outright condemning it. And, in fact, one of the lines that is being shared from Xi Jinping to Joe Biden is, quote, let he who tied the bell on the tiger's neck take it off. Essentially saying, you know, Russia's got a point when it when it comes to them saying that the West was aggressive, and that's why he has decided to mount this offensive. So this sort of thought of the more you talk about Ukraine joining NATO. Yeah. And the more that goes on, it's always been the red line for Putin. So he's just playing both sides. She is right now. Yeah. Which, yeah, when this first started, didn't a lot of people predict, you know, who's going to come out of this on top? It's going to be China. Yeah. More than anybody else. So, yeah, that's pretty wild. Two hours. I know what your question is, Scott. Can I guess? Well, go ahead. Guess. Who interprets? Well, I I don't know. Who does? Who interprets that gibberish into a 
language that's understandable. Well, I it what probably, is true in depression under depression? What does that mean? Well, I think the people close to Biden know what he means with that. It's probably advantageous that she doesn't speak English. And that way you have no idea what he's butchered. But some somebody's telling him in the headset. They're giving them their interpretation of what he just said. Yeah, I would guess. Well, that's dangerous. Yeah. Booking his governor and when he'd be pre-K. How do you translate that into to Chinese? Your, to your point, yeah. Yep, you win that one. I don't know how you would translate that Golly. one. Golly. Yeah. You ready for your top three? Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's do this. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories of the day. Every day at this time, the solo project, always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. There you go. Who taught Scott how to count. Backwards. Yeah. Get your pencils ready. Always. Three. Starting with three. Dr. Anthony Fauci says we may have to pivot back to COVID mitigation. That's right. The chief medical advisor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, came out of no. He has been hidden for a while. He told Jake Tapper yesterday on CNN that America may need to pivot once again and return to, quote, any degree of mitigation that a potential resurgence on COVID-19 cases might demand. According to Fauci now, we just can't say we're done and we're going to move on, to which I say, yes, I can. We and need I to be did. flexible. And if, in fact, we do see a turnaround. Do you want to just answer this as he goes? Yeah, go ahead. All right. And a resurgence, we have to be able to pivot no. and go back no, to we don't. any degree no. of mitigation no, 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 that no. is commensurate with la, what la, the situation la, 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 is. La, 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 la. So we can't just say we're done. <laughs> now we're going to move on. We've got to be able to be flexible because we're dealing with a dynamic situation. Hopefully, the uh, cases will continue to come down yeah. as the weather gets warmer. La, 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 yeah. la, 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 Don't care. It's tough to take. Don't care. Done with you. Done with now, you. Now, on with the countdown. Two. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner, the world's most famous trans person, is weighing in on that dude who is competing against women in the NCAA uh, women's yeah. swimming competition. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Pretty darn famous in the transgender world. I would say if you were going to carve a monument of transgender, they'd be on the Mount Rushmore. As far as famous goes? Yes. I, yeah, I think so. Uh, delivered the response of all responses on this subject. Caitlin weighed in and said, hey, quote, I don't see how you can be happy beating other girls under these circumstances. You have to have a sense of personal responsibility. Then, of course, uh, Jenner was attacked immediately by something called Pink News, who called him disgraceful. <laughs> because of his opinion. Yeah, he had an opinion on it, and it didn't jibe with theirs. He said, no, I'm not disgraceful. I just got a pair. <laughs> Particularly when it comes to standing up for women in sports. That's what he said. <laughs> okay, sometimes I don't know when you're making crap up. No, I'm not up. making that up. He that said was the, the quote. He said the B word. I didn't use the B word because I thought it might be offensive. Wow. I could have used stones, I suppose. Because I got clackers. I got clackers, right. Wow. Okay. Well, isn't that different than... I don't even want to get into the entire conversation. Well, well, Caitlyn Jenner can always come back and just say, hey, it's my truth. 
Sure. I mean, that's the arena that these people play in all the time. It's my truth. It's my identity. It's what I believe. It's how I feel. And so why why is, yeah, I'm somewhat familiar with pink news. I mean, this far left uh, outlet masquerading as an LGBTQ uh, uh, defense league, essentially. I mean, why are they trying to silence one of the most high profile trans people in the United States? It's pretty transphobic, if you ask me. That's right. Wasn't Jenner named, like, Woman of the Year? <laughs> yeah. What? Right? Yeah. yeah. Not respecting it anymore, I guess. Well, not Woman of the Athletic Year, just Woman of the Year. Okay. All right. Scott Robbins. But, but, you know, that's the thing. We've talked about this before, though, with what? Leah Thomas. I mean, how, do, how are you? You know you're a guy, and you're up there with your hands in the air as some champion. I just yeah. don't know how you do that. If, I don't understand Getting back to David's either. point, it is like beating a bunch of Little League kids, right? As a full-grown man. Well, the other part is, what, and this is what I honestly, I don't know. How many people have been around this person telling them that they're actually a girl and for how long? And how long does that take until you actually believe it? Exactly. I really don't know. I don't know either. But it's just like you're doing your end zone spiking, you know? Like you've really accomplished something. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. I it, I don't know what else to say about yeah. it. It's almost this weird thing, and David had the story yesterday where this hospital in Portland is teaching young kids that if they're male and as a young person already identifying as female, how to, quote, tuck, yeah. you know, the genitalia in a way uh-huh. that would appear more like a female. Telling young men how to insert your testicles into your body yes that's sick man well especially the part of that story where it says oh and by the way if it's really painful and you start sweating or feel faint take a break and then try again later oh gosh dang it i'm not making that i know but you wonder when the next movement is coming where the people will say you know what no you're living your truth there's no reason to tuck you just leave it out there who knows where this insanity goes until people stand up and say, no, we're not doing this. Right. All right. Scott Robbins, top three of the day. Are we ready for the big one? And finally, so. one. Uh, Moderna is now seeking approval for a second COVID booster for all adults. Yeah, pending a grant for emergency authorization from the Food and Drug Administration. They had this big announcement yesterday. If approved, this would be the second booster shot Moderna has issued for people aged 18 and up. The request to include adults over 18 years of age was made to provide flexibility for the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and health care providers to determine the appropriate use of an additional booster because of waning immunity. So, are you tired of playing lab rat yet? <laughs> you know, if the first three rabbit's foot don't give you the desired effect, you hang a fourth one up on your mirror and it'll work fine. Well, you are still very upset that you did what you were supposed to do, and you got your booster, and, got, and you still got I COVID. I got COVID. Yeah. Now, I, now I granted, it was mild. Yeah, I understand. You know. What if your doctor says, yeah, you should get that booster, Scott, because I don't know, of your we're past health Well, I, don't even, I, I, would, I would be the one to bring it up in conversation. I don't think I'm going to. I've had three shots, and I've had COVID. What do you want from me? You don't think your doctor would bring it up? With you, your next checkup? Uh, I asked him about the third one. I, I knew the first two. He would say yes. 
And they were all about it. He was like, yeah, I think you should. I mean, he didn't twist my arm or anything. I just asked, do you think I should? And he said, yeah, I think you should. So your overall take on this fourth one is it's bogus? My overall take is I, I don't know. I don't want another one. Okay. How It'll many be- vaccines? I mean, you know, it's and first of all, it's not a vaccine. It's, a, you know. It's like a flu shot. It is. Yeah. I don't want this. I don't want to. And I'm not trying to press you. I'm just saying if the doctor says you really should get it, are you going to get it? As long as I get a uh, ornamental looking horn growing out of my forehead. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> that'll, that'll be fine. You'll like it. I understand. Gosh, dang. You're frustrated. All right. Scott Robbins, trifecta. Appreciate that. Don't come. What? What did you say? Oh, I thought that was for Fauci. Don't come around here no more. Whoa. <laughs> hey, now. So why was he silenced? No. He has a voice. All right. We got to get to Nimrods of the News and a news update next. Thank you. You're welcome. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. You know, this hasn't been talked about a whole lot, but uh, the the cost of eggs and poultry products is probably going to go up substantially in the next few months. Uh, yes. Not only because of supply chain issues, and, I mean, honestly, there are a lot of people trying to recover from having to kill off tons of their animals in 2020 because demand slowed down That's and their right. ability to process them. So that was already going to have some long-lasting effects. But there's also a deadly avian flu outbreak. It's killed about 8 million chickens and turkeys on commercial farms in eight different states. You thought the wing prices were high before? Are they predicting a percentage of how much it's going to go up? Don't know. Last major outbreak in 2014 and 2015, you had 50 million. For context, 50 million chickens and turkeys and uh, the prices had been affected for years. Got it. Okay. Oh, boy. But do you want to come in with any other updates before we move on? Because I know, no, I, Scott, you were researching something. Go ahead, David. I, I thought this was interesting. In Canada, a couple of years ago, started a uh, gun confiscation scam or scheme. This is wild. Uh, where it's like 72,000 legal gun owners have to turn in their registered and licensed firearms that have now been deemed assault weapons under the government's ban in 2020. Which now, means what? The most popular AR-style rifles, right. namely, namely. Yeah. Um, so now, though, after all the protests and everything that happened over COVID mitigation, they've decided to extend the deadline a little bit longer. So you kill, you still can't shoot your gun. You can legally own it without being arrested in Canada uh, until October of next year. I'm guessing somebody in Ottawa was looking around and saying, maybe now's not the time to start trying to grab people's guns. You got that right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And did you have an update, Scott, or no? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> What? You mean refer- referencing the Caitlyn Jenner thing? I didn't know if that was something you were talking about it right before uh, we came I, back on because I we did. had Caitlyn Jenner well, I didn't in the know. trifecta. She was talking about that she doesn't understand how the Pennsylvania swimmer 
right. who is a biological male, can celebrate beating girls like they are. He can't yeah, relate he, to he that. He can't. He doesn't like it. She and, doesn't like it. And there were people that had asked, is he... Did he have gender um, reassignment surgery yes. or not? Now, conflicting reports on this. He's claiming he still has it. Okay. But it has decreased because of the female hormones. Oh. Another piece I read said that it still exists, but exists in female form. Excuse me. What? I'm just telling you, I'm, <laughs> dude, I'm not a doctor here. I'm just telling you what it said. So well, I'm not trying to press they it. They created I, I something and left, okay. and left some of it. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well, you were talking about it. I thought you wanted to bring it up. No, I didn't. Up. I didn't want to bring it I just, okay. I'm curious. I think a lot of people are like, does, does that exist? So, does he, you know. It's either withered or sheared. Right. Yes. Okay. Like okay. a pen, pencil sharpener. Maybe. Right. Nimrods, can we do that? Here you go. Nimrods sure. in the news. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nimrod's in the news. Golly. Refrigerator repairman. This is Florida. I stole $30,000 from a business owner, this repairman. But he didn't take cash. Check this out. The thief is 47-year-old Jermaine Wooford. He'd been hired by a turtle breeder to repair a beverage cooler. So allegedly he stole a few things on an initial visit and then said he needed to return. I got a special part. Finish the repair. After a second visit, the breeder noticed 18 turtles gone. They're worth 30 grand. Man. So they looked at the surveillance footage. There was Jermaine stealing the turtles. They called police. Cops used the turtle breeder to lure the man back to the property, and then they arrested him. Wow. Um, the small town near Ottawa called Frankville. Don't know if you've heard of it. Back in 2019, the town council thought, you know what, this would be cool. How about a huge fork sculpture where a single road splits in two, a literal fork in the road? Somebody stole it. No. Yes. It's a nine-foot fork. First, they bent it, trying to get it out. They did, and they said, well, we'll repair it the next day. Whoever tried to steal it came and got the rest out, and it's gone. Oh, man. Still looking for the fork. And that is Nimrod's in the news.